0: We are going to be getting into the future shortstop for the Washington Nationals, C.J. Abrams. I'm going to get into some projections with the young stud up the middle playing in that six hole. But also, I'm going to be talking about some of the concerns with Mike Rizzo in this front office's development here. Because I saw a concerning stat that you might want to see for this Washington Nationals rebuild. I'm going to get to that at the tail end. But at first, I'm going to talk about the offseason decision-making. Had the Nationals gotten better heading into 2023? I'm going to answer that after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And again, thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listed every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my Nationals addiction into podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network. And that's where you get your team every single day for any sport out there, or even any major national sport, national conference, Locked On Podcast Network, they got it for you, just like we have you for all your Nationals content that you deserve and that you're going to get. But I will say, we are now in the off-season portion of this, so it's going to be dwindling down some episodes, so I'll be sitting at about three to four episodes a week rather than the usual five for this off-season. and. You don't know what the reason is for that? Maybe it's because the Washington Nationals simply refuse to make any single move to make this roster better than it was from last year. Because I propose the question, have the Nationals gotten better this offseason? Let me answer that for you real quick. No. No, they have not. And the reason why, as to why I say that, Let's just be honest here. We're wheeling and dealing about Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams is a perfectly fine player, someone who I applauded for when they signed him. In fact, I was actually a little shocked that we spent that kind of money to spend on Trevor Williams, someone who was a reliable swingman guy. But that's the thing. He was a reliable swingman guy. The Washington Nationals fully intend for Trevor Williams to be a starter in this rotation, which could be a good thing because, hey, the guy is a good pitcher. He is a qualified pitcher who can get you some wins, who can eat up some innings, and who can bring out some quality starts here and there. But I'm the believer of this. You have your special skill set. You have what you can do already set in stone for whatever that may be. And what that is for Trevor Williams, what he's flourished at, what he's been known for doing over the last year or two, is not only making spot starts here and there to fill a gap for maybe an injury or maybe whatever it may be. Coming out of the bullpen is what he is good at. Coming in a un necessary, weird situation to where you need to eat up some innings so you don't have your bullpen completely drained for the next five days of baseball that you have to play. That is Trevor Williams' role that he has excelled at over the years. And the Washington Nationals intend for him to be a starting pitcher. And that is something to where, yes, we do need starting pitching help, as last year this was one of the worst staffs in all of baseball. And that's our big signing, Trevor Williams. Now I will say this, Steven Strasburg, big old question mark. If he comes back and he's healthy, then yes, that's going to help. If Patrick Corbin can just not be the worst pitcher in baseball, yeah, that's going to help too. If Josiah Gray can take that step up in year three to where we were expecting him to do this last year, that's going to help. Cade Cavalli should help. Mackenzie Gore will help. But guys, Trevor Williams is not going to be a sign that you're going to be high-fiving, chucking, and jiving with because we're paying him to be a starter. We need for him to be a swingman. That's when you're going to utilize his skill set the most. Because once you get this guy over 200 innings, who knows what he can do? Because last time he was a full-time starter with the Pittsburgh Pirates, it didn't go that well. In fact, over those two years, I believe he had around a 5 ERA. That's not much, guys. In fact, that's not good. That's Patrick Corbin level. But then again, you have to use this guy to his strength. That's why I don't ultimately think that he's going to be a starter in this rotation for the entire year. In fact, if he is, I would be a little shocked. Unless they plan to use Patrick Corbin out of the bullpen and pin him with a starter, or with an opener, rather. But then again, I don't see us doing that. I just don't feel like this staff right now has the juice to even call someone up to replace Corbin, because, quite frankly, we're kind of weak in that pitching department right now. But that's fine. J. Mayor Candelario, third baseman, someone who we added, led the league in doubles in 2021. Last year took a major step back with the Detroit Tigers and their complete faltering of a rebuild. Jamer Candelario is not here to help us and in fact isn't really much of a position upgrade over Eldomarro Vargas or even Carter Keboom for that fact. Yes, this guy has had production over the years, but then again, wouldn't you rather see Carter Keyboom, Jake Alou, or even Eldemar Vargas, who wasn't that bad last year? Because that's the part where it kind of leaves me scratching my head. What are we doing here? Are we in a rebuild? Or is this still the retool slash reboot situation that Mike Grizzo in this front office has been preaching for the time being? Because I sit here today, and it's like, well... Obviously, the goal year in and year out for be to have your team get better every single offseason. And that's what they're gonna say at the podium. While we sign this guy, we brought this guy back, this guy will be healthy, whatever the problem or issue may be. And the Washington Nationals just simply haven't done what it's going to be able to take to take a next step up in this rebuild. Because J. Mayor Candelario. He's a fine player. He's going to help maybe at somewhere. I don't really think it's third base. I don't even really think it's first base for that fact. So then again, it just leaves me with the same question. What have we done to get better this offseason? And it just brings me back to the same answer. We haven't gotten better. And that's a concerning part with it. So now, once you realize, well, we haven't gotten better, we haven't made the strides, haven't made the improvements that were necessary to even begin this total rebuild, this total reboot of the farm system and of the major league roster. Who is to blame? Because that's what I always want to know. And ultimately at the end of the day, I come back to this answer. It's the fact that the learners haven't been able to sell. They're obviously low bill low balling. Mike Rizzo, with what he has to spend, because this is what we know about Mike Rizzo. He wants to spend the money. But then again, he's not the one creating this budget. It's the people at the top, the top of the organization, the learner family. They're obviously giving him some crazy low budget, and this Nationals team has not gotten much better. And I don't really think they're going to be assigning any more impact players after we've seen guys like Joey Gallo gone, Seth Lugo is going to be signing elsewhere as well. And the Washington Nationals, poor us. We are sitting here and watching from the sideline. And it is because of this ownership situation that continues to hinder what this franchise, what this front office, and what the players on the field can do moving forward with the Nationals. I can't have it. I'm not here for it anymore. But then again, that's what it comes down to. The learners, it's time to go. See you later. But you know, I do have some bright spots. I know today was kind of a a gloomy, doomy day to where I was kind of talking about this rebuild, where I was talking about the future of this team. There are a few bright spots, believe it or not, on this roster moving forward. And I think young stud CJ Abrams is among some of those guys. 22 years old, former top 10 pick from the San Diego Padres. This guy's got the talent, but how much talent does he have? I'm going to project that after I tell you guys about my friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting. Info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season and basketball. And of course, the World Cup. We've got it all on betonline.net. I will say the World Cup is over, but college basketball is in season. Every single night, every single day, every time of the day, there is a game going on at some point. Why not make a little money? My friends at betonline.net. They got you covered with all the high-end stats, all the high-end calculator things that you will need to know to make a proper bet. And once you do that, you're going to be following your boy me. I'm going to be making those bets alongside with you. They're my source for all things sports betting, as they should be for you as well. And they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And now I want to get into the future of C.J. Abrams, as I've seen some people and particularly some sites like Fangraphs kind of dogging on this guy to where they're talking about how, yeah, he's fine. But what does he ultimately project to? Does this guy have the power of Fernando Tatis? Does he have the swagger of uh, Trey Turner? Whatever it may be, it seems like everyone just doubts this guy all of a sudden because he's a Washington national and what we've been able to do with developing players at the major league level as of late. And I'm here to tell you, relax. Everyone, relax. This guy was a top 15 prospect in all of baseball and basically any site that you looked at. Fangraphs, MLB Pipeline, Baseball America, This is someone who just turned 22 years old 78 days ago. I'm 23. I'm a kid. Maybe I'm not by legal reasons, but I act like one. C.J. Abrams, a 22-year-old drafted in the top 10 out of high school, was traded in the middle of the year as a 21-year-old who was promised a bright future in San Diego. But no was traded for Juan Soto, the pressure for moving from the West Coast to the East Coast. All these different things that have accumulated throughout his career so far kind of have people a little dicey on the future of C.J. Abrams. But again, relax, everybody. There is time for this young man to develop. There is time for this young man to grow into his body, to develop power, to develop instincts, to make him a better ball player on and off the field. I think off the field, don't worry about this guy. From the stuff that I've heard within the clubhouse, from the stuff that you've seen from writers writing about this guy, you don't have to worry about this guy off the field. He's not a Seth Romero to where you have to keep your eye out on whatever it may be that he's doing. Obviously, that's unfortunate what happened to Seth Romero. But C.J. Abrams, he's not one of those first-round talents you got to worry about off the field. It's really all about the development that comes on the field for C.J. Abrams and what he can provide. I can tell you this. I do project C.J. Abrams to have some more power going into this season because this is someone who, in minor leagues, raked at all levels. I can tell you this right now. This was his slash line down in the minor leagues for his total of three seasons, and again, in only 114 games. He had a total of 331 batting average, a 385 OBP with a 511 slugging percentage. That was good for an 896 on on-base plus slugging. Guys, this is someone who can hit for power. He's not really a home run guy. He's not really a home run threat, but then again, you can project that within someone. If you were to tell me back in 2015, Trey Turner would be able to hit 20-plus home runs a year, I would have called you a liar. C.J. Abrams, we sit here now as a 22-year-old. If you're going to tell me this guy's going to hit 20 home runs a year, probably not. But then again, you see why I bring up that Trey Turner thing? Things happen. Different sort of things. You never know. This guy can still grow. I've grown two inches over the last two years. Maybe C.J. Abrams can add some weight hit the bullpen, or hit the bullpen, hit the weight room. You never really know with these guys. It's kind of a wild card, and it's a crapshoot. And that's kind of the fun thing about this prospect game. But with C.J. Abrams, back to the power thing, it's not all about home runs. It's extra base hits. And someone like C.J. Abrams, who's accumulated plenty of doubles over his career when it comes to the minor leagues. Obviously, this past year in the Major Leagues, it didn't really translate that way. But you kind of see where I'm going with this. Don't just hit the pause button and say, hey, we got to relax on C.J. Abrams here. We got to take a step back and really evaluate if this is the guy moving forward. Because I can tell you this, he's my guy moving forward. And it's not even close. This is someone to wear who is an electric player, someone who can steal bags, someone you're going to have to worry about anytime when he's on the base path. He will not be afraid to steal a bag. And guys, it comes down to patience with these guys. That's really what it comes down to. It's not going to click overnight. We're so spoiled as Washington Nationals fans seeing Bryce Harper get called up instant impact. Steven Strasburg, instant impact. Anthony Rendon, instant impact. Trey Turner, instant. Juan Soto, instant. Even Victor Robles, for that matter. An instant impact. We got to temper the expectations because that's not what it's all about. Yes, it still is the same front office running this organization. It's still Mike Rizzo, the head of it. It's still the learners as the owners. But guys, we got lucky. Over that period of time. And with C.J. Abrams, he wasn't our guy that we picked. He's a San Diego Padres guy. And again, you shouldn't be concerned about where he is headed. As kind of the face of this organization right now. Someone in the big leagues. To where we can actually rely on day in and day out. And knowing that he has no one coming up to take his position. Over the next year or two. He's going to have all the time in this next year to two window to develop and approve himself and really solidify himself as the franchise shortstop for the Washington nationals and all of this, you may be saying, Oh, that's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. That doesn't mean anything, Ryan. You're just projecting what he can be. And you're right. I am projecting that. But then again, We've seen what bad ball players look like, and you've been able to see when guys can put it together. And to me, it's pretty simple. You're going to be getting a plus glove at shortstop. You're going to be getting a plus arm over at shortstop as well. Someone who's going to be able to hit for average, he's going to be able to get on base. Once he kind of finds his pitch zone, once to where he really settles in at the plate, that's when you're going to really see him get comfortable and be able to explode on some balls and kind of splurge it all over the park to where it, wherever it may be because in the NL East there are some hitter friendly parks in these confines and I think CJ Abrams will be able to pick and choose to where he wants to be splashing you know what for when the time comes so moral of the story is everybody relax on CJ Abrams. Don't be reading all these fangraphs stuff. I'm a fangraphs guy. I love fangraphs. But then again they aren't gospel. They aren't baseball bible. You know these guys yes they do put a lot of research and a lot of development into making these predictions but they'll tell you yourself not every one of them are right because the projections that they have they have them sitting around a 680 OPS around a 250 batting average And I'm here to tell you I don't see that same guy to where they're projecting I see someone who took a big stride in September and finished the year on a strong note, and I think he's going to be continuing that strong note into the 2023 season and really kind of lead the Washington Nationals and be the poster boy for this franchise moving forward. But now, speaking of franchise player moving forward, I think people should consider this. We all kind of know this, but I saw a stat the other day that really brainwashed me into what I think about Mike Rizzo, the GM. Mike Rizzo, the person who selects in the first round of the MLB draft, and it caused a little concern, I must say. I'm going to get into that after I tell you about my friends from Locked On Sports Today. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's Take of the Day, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And now time to get into the stat that I was plugging, the stat that I was talking about with a little cause of concern for the Washington Nationals and this rebuild. So I saw this stat the other day from Jay Kuda over on Twitter. I believe he's a baseball writer, someone who researches, develops baseball articles. Good follow over there. And he brought up the war stat stat for all first-round picks in the organization since 2015. So what he did here was he accumulated all first-round picks of organizations throughout the MLB since the 2015 MLB draft and put them into a war column for what they mean for the organization. So basically, every first-round pick since 2015 and the impact that they've had on their organization and guys Take a second. Where do you think the Washington Nationals landed? you got your second. I can tell you this, we were second to last throughout the entire MLB with a negative 0.3 war, according to baseball reference. Sitting at the top, you had the Astros at 40.5, the Dodgers at 30.6, the Braves at 24.2. The Red Sox at 20.3. And a little bit of a surprise. The D-backs at 20.2. Guys. This is kind of what goes. Into what I've been saying. About the Washington Nationals. Rather than a spending issue. Yes. We do not spend money anymore. For some weird reason. That's something I fully acknowledge. But I think. As big of an issue right now as we sit here today, December 20th, 2022, drafting in the first round has been our biggest Achilles heel. Because look at the Dodgers. They're able to spend all that money knowing that, hey, we're going to have to spend the money to put around these young first round picks because we seem to do it better than anybody in the MLB. And they're right they're always picking in the late 20s. The Astros, early in that 2015 period, they are picking early in the draft. So be it. The Braves, through that period as well, they kind of stunk. But then again, they hit on those first-round picks. And while the Nationals, yes, we didn't have any top-10 selections through that period besides 2021, or 2022, rather. And we sit here today with a negative war for our first-round picks since 2015. And I have all those guys that we've picked since that time. Carter Keyboom, Dane Dunning, Seth Romero, Mason Denneberg, Cade Cavalli, Brady House, Elijah Green. Brady House, Elijah Green, out of the picture. They haven't been in the major leagues. Cade Cavalli made one start, whatever. We sit here, Carter Keyboom, yes, he's still in the organization. Dane Dunning, not in the organization, not a good player. Seth Romero, out of the organization, out of baseball. Mason Denenberg just returned from baseball this past year after a series of crazy injuries. Jackson Rutledge, still in low A Fredericksburg, as well as Mason Denenberg. Cade Cavalli, finally scratched the majors and is making a difference. Again, Carter Keyboom, Dane Dunning, Seth Romero, Mason Denenberg, Jackson Rutledge. Those are the guys that you should be looking at and scratching your heads. Some of you may not even know those names. Some of you guys may not even know who Dane Dunning is. I can tell you he was latest with the Washington, or not the Washington, the Texas Rangers. That's all I can really tell you about him. He's not making much of a difference. Eric Fetty. He made a difference, all right, and it wasn't a good difference. Carter Keboom, he's made a difference. It wasn't much of a good difference either. Seth Romero, he came up in 2020, got shelled. So, yeah. The Washington Nationals, if it wasn't clear enough to you guys, they have a drafting issue. Now, here's the bright side of this. I will say, when picking in the top ten, Mike Rizzo has weirdly been all right. But anywhere after that, it has been a big woof. This is not good. This is not good at all. Because wins above replacement. If you don't know the stat, very valuable stat. Kind of adjust the it's just wins above replacement player. It just kind of calculates every stat, everything that a guy does to a team and puts it into wins form. Our first round picks have helped us more, lose more games than they have win games since the 2015 MLB draft. And that's a little concerning to say the least, but guys, Thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports today your second listen as Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes, and you can get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals again your first listen today. Let me know if it was your first listen in the comments. Give me a little review. Give me something, and I will let the listeners know what you said in the comments. If only it's a good thing, of course. I don't read the bad stuff. I know there's mean people out there, and that's fine. But thank you for making it your first listen every day. I will talk to you tomorrow as we are in the off-season form of Locked On National.